It's the pre-W Smith Show with Jeff Sloan, ahead of the Paul W. Smith Show at 6 on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back to the pre-W Smith Show. One thing that no arguing about this fact, the pandemic has reshaped the labor market significantly, the way we view our teams at our companies, the way we treat them, the way we reward them, and so on and so on. We also know during this time of COVID, there's been a heightened awareness, not directly related to the COVID pandemic, but at the same time, there's been a heightened awareness on issues of fairness and diversity, equity, inclusion, et cetera, and making the opportunity to work a level, equal, and fair playing field for all. Well, we've got a guest who's going to join us now who's going to talk to us about the need for a great redefinition. And that refers to redefining Black women's relationship to labor and institutionalizing wellness in the process. Joining us now, award-winning global journalist and playwright Esther Arma. You've just released a new number one selling book called Emotional Justice, A Roadmap for Racial Healing. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Tell us about why we need a great redefinition. So right now we have this notion of what we call grind culture. The grind is glorious. Um, We're booked to blessed and busy. We have these phrases. But really, grind culture is the contemporary manifestation of a problematic relationship to labor that is historical, that made your worth as a Black woman solely measured by how much labor you could do, how much more labor you could do, whether you were depleted, exhausted, broken down. Um, Because the nature of the relationship to labor and blackness and women is rooted in a legacy of enslavement. So unless we change the definition, um, we redefine a relationship to labor and center rest and replenishment, we'll continue to kind of glorify grind as the way forward, but actually people are breaking down. Okay, so I, I want to get to some of the things you will recommend then about how we turn this around and make the circumstance better. Let me ask you broadly, though, you talk about the grind. First, we're all dealing with that, right? I mean, we all, each in our different ways, all from our different backgrounds, all from our different circumstances, all in different circumstances right now, but nonetheless, and it's a grind these days, right? You would say that that applies universally. No, I wouldn't. No, you I wouldn't, wouldn't that and that's the essence of what I want to get to. I really want to make that clear, please. Yeah. So grind is not universal. I am specifically talking about the relationship between labor and race and black women that is rooted in history. In America, the history of labor and blackness is built on the idea that the only value you had was how much labor you did. And if you didn't do enough labor, you could quite literally die. And if you did too much labor, you could quite literally die. So what that creates is a relationship to labor where the only value you have is how productive you are. Now, I'm not talking about a work ethic, which we should all have and which is great. You should all have that. And I'm not talking about the universality of grind. I'm talking about the kind of grind where you are broken down, exhausted, depleted, and yet you are both still expected, required, and demanded to keep going, and that that is also your internal relationship to labor. So you have two pressures, the societal pressure and the internal pressure. That's what I'm talking about. And if we don't differentiate between the universal grind that people feel and the specificity 
of what it means for black women, we can't come up with a solution that actually transforms what that is. And we need a solution. Esther, I'm so glad we drilled down on that because getting that distinction out as the salient, central, and primary point here driving the circumstance that you specifically are addressing is really important for all of us to understand. You know, we all know the importance of understanding, accepting, and that then leads to action. And of course, that's what we want. We want to transform things for the better. And understanding, first and foremost, is at the root of it. That's a really important, essential distinction that you've just made, and we appreciate that. And I get it, and I'm glad uh, that we probed on the question. Now, let's talk about, now with that level of understanding, what is a prescription from your perspective on making this better? So what we need is emotional justice. And what that means is that we redefine a relationship to labor where we replace grind with centering rest and replenishment when it comes to Black women and labor. And I'm talking specifically not just about individual Black women. I'm talking about making this a systemic and structural change within our world of work, right across the board, across every sector. And so what does it look like if you replace grind with grace? And the reality is so many Black women feel a guilt about the idea of rest because rest and replenishment is treated like it's an indulgence. Like, ain't nobody got time for that because things are too busy and things are crazy and things are too hard. But the reality is if you're being specific about how race and gender and labor intersect, then the resolution has to be specific to all sectors that work and deal with and make use of and profit from the labor of black women. So it's all about institutionalizing wellness in the worlds of work where black women are and transforming the idea that a black woman's worth is solely measured by the absolute extent of her productivity. Help me understand this. If I weren't going to measure it by productivity and I'm, op- I'm open to change here and I get the issue and I want it to be better, what are some specific ways I alternatively can and should measure success? So one of the things that emotional justice suggests is what we call the emotional justice equity package. And the emotional justice equity package is about recognizing there's a historical disparity and in introducing a change to actually transform that. So what does that mean? So first of all, it's recognizing that the disparity exists in the first place. And then secondly, how do you institutionalize rest and wellness within your organization? So the emotional justice equity package is about identifying, budgeting, and resourcing wellness as part of any project cycle that um, Black women are engaged in. Because what happens when we don't do that is there is this absolute expectation that um, Black women just keep going and keep going and keep going like, like lab rats in a laboratory. And there's also both the pressure to do that and the expectation to do that. And so the emotional justice equity package is saying that as an organization, we are trying to put right this historical disparity. So we are going to identify budget and resource what wellness looks like. Because COVID, of course, transformed everybody's work world, but it didn't change historical disparity and it didn't necessarily change expectations when it comes to the world of work and Black women. The great resignation, people leaving their jobs, is evidence of that. 
But the great resignation is not the resolution. The resolution is to redefine labor. And so the emotional justice equity package is one way an organization can do that. So what does that mean? It means, for example, are we ensuring that we understand the world of work when it comes to black and brown indigenous women? What the additional pressures are that they have to cope with? Are we ensuring that we're resourcing care so that they're able to, they're able to contribute without dealing with levels of struggle that are different than everybody else's. So we're actually creating an equity that we resource and not just ticking a box saying that we've done a training, we get it, let's all move forward because now we have an understanding. Understanding without resource does not equal change. Yeah, exactly. Esther Arma, I wish we had more time. CEO of the Arma Institute of Emotional Justice, we appreciate you bringing the issue again to the forefront and helping us all understand first, as we've just acknowledged, and then leading there from that foundation then to better environments, better interactions between people broadly, and especially at work, as you point out, and important issue. And we thank you, Esther. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jeff. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Yes, indeed. All right, back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 